In the holy name of Jesus. We, you and I, have a remarkable ability to get used to things. One of the gifts of having children, or even having children around, is that they are not so afflicted. They are not so desensitized. They are not yet used to things in this life. Everything to them is new and at least mildly interesting. They notice that trees lose their leaves. They notice how many steps it takes to climb a flight of stairs. They notice the ants marching in a parade down the sidewalk. And they notice that bread turns a funny color when it sits out on the counter too long. They notice things, and today Jesus notices that one as well. This funny thing about bread, it perishes. Now we old people look askance at this and say, one of our favorite phrases, of course. Of course, we say. Of course bread perishes. It always does that. Of course trees rot and lose their leaves and streets degrade and joints ache in the morning and buildings crumble and bodies decompose. Of course they do. They've always done that. But the child and our dear Lord Jesus both remember something that you and I have forgotten. They remember that it wasn't always so. Buildings did not always crumble, and trees did not always lose their leaves and rot, and bodies did not always decompose. And as for bread, that ancient and basic source of human nourishment, as for bread, there is a holy and a divine and even a heavenly bread which does not perish. Jesus says, Do not labor for the food that perishes, but for the food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give to you. It should really actually be obvious. Why would one labor for food that perishes? Why would one labor for, let's say, nearly expired milk and soon-to-be-rotten fruit and vegetables? Why would one labor for all the things that perish, when he can have food that endures even to eternal life? And the answer must quite simply be that he has gotten used to it. He has gotten used to everything that perishes, so much so that it doesn't even enter his mind that there could possibly be anything else. He thinks and assumes that everything perishes. He has this sort of sinful amnesia about him. Eternal life isn't even something that interests him, that he would ask questions about, because he has simply forgotten. He does not ask the obvious question, you know, the question that children ask. He does not ask why everything perishes. Why bridges collapse? Why does fruit rot? Why do bodies falter and ache and decompose? Because he's used to it all. And so he goes on through life content with all of the things that perish. Day-old milk, bread with that light dusting of mold, disease, broken relationships, dumb ideas, selfish pleasures, disobedience, anger, greed, sloth, and all the rest of the foolishness of this world. He is content with these things and content with just this life 
And even, he will even spend himself for these things. He will labor and work hard for these things, even though they perish, because he has gotten used to them, and he has forgotten, if he ever knew, of something greater by far called eternal life. But it is this eternal life that the Son of Man has come to give. And so here we are again, today, on the Lord's Day, as we always are, trying our hand again at remembering, remembering eternal life, remembering all of those things that do not perish, trying our hand at getting used to those things and getting unused to everything else in this world that is perishable and sinful and is passing away. This is Jesus' task today, here and in the Holy Gospel that we've just read, where people are chasing him back and forth across the Sea of Galilee. And this might seem like rather a good problem to have. You know, people yearning for you, people pursuing you and wanting what you alone can give them. This is the stuff that CEOs long to have. This is the problem, right, that CEOs long to have. This is the problem that Google and Apple have, that we just can't get enough of the stuff that they make for us. But Jesus wants to fix the problem by telling the crowd, his crowd anyway, to stop it, to stop seeking and pursuing and working so hard for perishable bread, for you know, things that get old and outdated. Jesus' task is to remind them of the food that endures to eternal life, to remind them that bread actually does not always perish. The reason things perish is that they have been estranged from God. They have been taken away from God. In the beginning, in the garden, our first father, Adam, took something away from God. If you will, he unplugged it from God. And what he took away from God, that first fruit, was the first thing in this world, so to speak, to perish. The first thing to go bad. The first thing to turn a funny color and waste away. Because it was taken away from God. And ever after, we have been pursuing and working hard for things that do just that, for milk that expires, for fruit that rots away, and for bread that turns a funny color and perishes. So Jesus today offers food that endures unto eternal life because that food is the very food of heaven. It is the food of God. It is food that is actually still connected to God. Sin pulls us away from God. Sin pulls our food and our possessions, our money, even our families, away from God. It pulls everything away from God, and that is what makes everything perish. That which abides in God abides forever, but that which gets unplugged, like Adam's fruit from the tree, is what perishes. And this is why you come here every Lord's Day, and you try to bring as much as you can with you. We bring our possessions, our money. We bring our prayers for those we love, our prayers for the things that we need. We bring our families, and we bring ourselves, all of us. 
so that those things might endure. We put them in God's hands so that they would never, ever perish. We even bring our sins with us to church, that God would take them from us and turn them, turn our evil works into good and righteous works, into holiness and peace instead. And Jesus, for all these things, gives us imperishable things in their place. In place of sin, he gives righteousness. In place of our money, which will fade away, he gives heavenly riches. For our mortal broken bodies that we showed up here with, that will waste away, he promises resurrection. And he gives even now the bread of God in this place, which comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. We, as we said, have a remarkable ability to get used to things. We get used to our sins. We get used to the way the world always works. We get used to its foolish ways. We even get used to death. You hear people say, you know, death is just a part of life. It's not. But we get used to it. But here in this place, we get used to something else. We get used to being forgiven by Jesus. We get used to being sanctified by his holy word. We get used to being holy ones. And we get used to mercy and true wisdom. We get used to the resurrection and the life of the world to come. Now, this bread, which Christ himself is, fulfills so much of Holy Scripture. All the scriptures have been pointing to this moment that Jesus sits here with the crowd telling them about on this mountainside. It happened in our Old Testament lesson. It's interesting. The Old Testament lesson, the crowds seem to think that Jesus is trying to compare himself to Moses. But Jesus is not trying to compare himself to Moses. He's trying to compare himself to the manna, to the bread which comes down from heaven. But it doesn't just start there. Melchizedek, you might remember this character from the very first chapters of Genesis, he brings out bread and he brings out wine that he might bless Father Abraham. And in the tabernacle, which is kind of the, the RV church of the Old Testament, to bring, it follows Israel wherever they go, in that tabernacle, bread and wine are offered before the presence of God every Sabbath so that the priest, the high priest, and his sons might eat of it in a holy place. Now, bread, therefore, is a priestly food in the Bible. It is reserved only for the priests, those who have passed through the veil, those who have been given access to the holy things, those who are allowed to draw near to God in worship. And this is all, actually, still, every bit of it is still true. Only priests may draw near, and only priests may receive. Now, if this were the Old Testament, you all wouldn't be anywhere near here. You would be outside those doors somewhere, but you wouldn't be allowed here. But, of course, you have been brought near by the blood of Christ. His body was torn, his veil was torn, and through Jesus' crucified flesh, we are brought near into his sanctuary, into his church. We are baptized into his body. So now, and this is the key, 
officially, this is what you're used to. This is your usual. This is what you are accustomed to. And out there in the world, that's all strange to you. You're not used to that anymore. You're not used to the way things work in the world, the way things tend to go. You're used to this place. You are used to the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life of the world to come. Everything else in that world that's passing away is now strange to you. It is not your home. It is not your usual. This is your usual. Forgiveness is what you're used to. Righteousness is what you're used to. Christ himself, given for you, is what you're used to. You don't belong to the world any longer. Your place is here. Your place is heaven. So get used to it. And get used to us. All of us here, along with angels and archangels, and with all the company of heaven. Because we are here, we are heavenly, and we are getting used to the new normal, even now, of heaven itself. In the holy name of Jesus. Amen.